You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. This morning, still speaking on uh, the fundamentals for having a revival in uh, uh, the church there. I want to speak on uh, one of the greatest assets to the church, which is called believing prayer. All right? It's a simple message. It's wide and at the same time, which means wide in simplicity, but then it's also deep. All right? So it is called believing prayer. Now, what do we mean by this? First of all, uh, we need to establish that prayer is really where the true action is in Christianity, but it has to be what is called believing prayer. That is, believing prayer, then followed by organized or intelligent action is what brings about results. First, believing prayer, and then followed by organized, properly organized action, or what we'll call organized, which means actions that are organized based on intelligence you have received or information you have received from God. That is what brings results, the true results of prayer. Now, let me start by making a startling statement. That is, when we say believe in prayer, we are saying that we understand that prayer is where the action is, but it is not the act of praying that gets the result, but it is believing that actually gets the result. Let me repeat that. All right? Prayer is where the action is, but it's not the motion of praying that gets the result. It is believing that actually produces results. Luke chapter 1 and verse 45. Let's prove this to show that believing is the key. Luke 1 and verse 45. It says, And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance. In other words, you can only have a performance, you can only have a fulfillment of anything that is said by God in the life or lives of people that believe. So the blessing was conferred upon believing. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance. So believing prayer is a person who has believed and then enters into the place of prayer. I'll explain this. That's what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe. Because the performance is hinged on believing. Believe you have received them and you shall have them. First Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. 
So I want to explain the practice of believing prayer. For that's what gets the result. For this cause also I thank God. All right. Also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God. Which you heard of us. You received it not as the word of men. Now hear what now Paul said. But as it is in truth. The word of God. Which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So it works only in the life of a person that believes. The word of God only works when a person believes. All right? Now, Mark eleven twenty three. Now we we'll read this with twenty four. Look at the functional word there. Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall what believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. In other words, two people can say it, but there will only be a performance in the life of the person who does what? Believes. Then he goes to Mark eleven twenty four. So that's confession. Then he goes to Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, what did he say? Believe that you receive them, and what you shall have them. In other words, you can pray without believing you receive it. And if you don't believe it, then you don't do what? Have it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, believing prayer is actually an art. In other words, you can have two people. And it's not about the motion of the body. It's not whether you are gyrating or whether you are bobbing your head up and down. All right, it's not about how the body is externalizing the prayer, it's actually the state of the heart. Believe now, final one on that John chapter 20, from verses 26 to 29. John 20, 26 to 29. Jesus talking about believing, and after eight days, he said to his disciples and to Thomas, who with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, he stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then he said unto Thomas, Reach hither my finger, behold my hands. Reach thy hand and thrust through my side. Be not what? Faithless. But what? Believing. Verse 28. And Thomas said, Thomas answered and said, unto him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast what? Believed. Blessed. Blessed. Empowered to prosper. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So believe in prayer. Is a person who enters into the place of prayer and treats the answer as real as the physical things they can touch. 
All right? Which means they haven't seen, but they believe inside their heart. That they believe on the inside of themselves that particular thing. So we see that the blessing is conferred not on the person who is going through the motion of prayer, but the person who believes on the inner side of them. So there is something that is called believing prayer. Believing is the functional word. Now the church as a body on this earth, Jesus has conferred his authority upon the church. In other words, he said, I'm no longer around. I'm sending my spirit who has the power into you. And he says, I'm giving you my authority to act in my stead. Now he didn't transfer that authority to an individual. He transferred that authority to a body, which is a group of people. So the church as a body releases its authority there, all right, to influence the social scene. That's to influence things in society and for the redemption of the souls of people through the art of believing prayer. So the way the church is to release the influence of the Spirit of God in society and influence things in society and also now bring about the redemption of souls, all right? So you can influence things in society, in government, through a prayer, right? And then there's the redemption of the souls of people, but some people may not be redeemed. They, they, they may be sinners, but they are still under the influence of God. That is, the heart of the king is in the hands of God. That is, God called influence kings that were not, right, in the faith to act in certain ways. And that comes as a result of a church. Not an individual, but a church that enters into what is called believing prayer. Now, this brings me back to the vision of every single center, all right? And let me just explain this, and I'm sure uh, the leaders will communicate this also and explain it uh, better to you. But let me just say this here in terms of what we are doing with every center. So we said First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, it tells us that you are lively stones are built up into a spiritual house, all right? So stones are each individual, Right, you know, when, when Peter said, Thou art, thou art Peter, sorry, when he said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, I say unto you, Peter, all right, upon this rock shall I build my church. And people have thought that he was saying that uh, Peter there meant he was going to build it on Peter. But he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the word Peter and the word rock actually are two Greek words that mean stone. One means a large stone, which is a rock. Another means a small stone. In other words, because you have the revelation of Jesus, you are now a living stone, that's what he was saying, to be built up on the foundation of the rock. He wasn't saying he's building it on Peter. Are you following what I'm saying? There are actually two Greek now. Two Greek words that sound the same. They, they are different words. One is small stone, and then the other is a rock. So he was saying, this revelation has stabilized you. 
you are now a stone, all right, and you were built up on the rock. And we'll see this. So it tells us in 1 Peter 2, 5, you are live lively stones. That word stone there is the same word Peter. Do you get what we're saying there? All right. That word Peter, you got that revelation, you're a stone now. All right. You also are lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto God. So, what is a center is a spiritual house where there are different living stones that come together to form a spiritual house in order to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God, which essentially praise, all right, and prayer, all right, which is believing prayer now, because we see that when we merge both, we have believing prayer, to offer up believing prayer and then to reap results in the lives of every single member. So the members have intelligence from God that if we are going to release the spirit into our midst, we have to do it effectively, come together to form a spiritual house. You form that spiritual house, you offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God. That's why the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of one another because that's how the house is formed. And then you form that house, you offer up spiritual sacrifices, and then the results of it, I'll talk more about this next week, is that every single member now benefits from what was received collectively. The result of this type of reign is that the hearts of people, now what now happens that the benefits that comes into the hearts of every single person is that when you offer up these spiritual sacrifices together, then divine strategies. Now we said organized action or intelligent action or action that is based on divine information you have received. So what now happens is, when you offer up the spiritual sacrifices, God blesses the people by releasing information into their hearts, strategies into their hearts, intelligence into their mind that they now use in their everyday life to create a distinction, all right, in what they are doing. So they go to their businesses, they go to the workplace, they do things, and they have rare intelligence. And people are wondering, so where did this intelligence all right, come out from? It, it came out of that spiritual house, which meant when they came together to offer up spiritual sacrifices, God answered that prayer in baptizing the people there, flooding their hearts with strategies on how to get impossible things done. In other words, this information makes you as an individual in your workplace, you are able to get impossible things, inverted commas, done. In other words, other people say this is impossible, but then you have the information from heaven as to how to get it done. You don't see it as impossible because you understand how to do it. So, you know this is the target, we can do it. Other people say it's impossible, it's impossible. You know how to do it. All right, because you have received information. Anything you say is impossible is because you don't know how to do it. If you know how to do it, it's no longer impossible. It becomes possible with that information that enters into your heart. 
So when the Wright brothers said we will fly one day, people said impossible. All that is a statement of ignorance, which means I don't know how to do it. That's what impossible means. Not that it cannot be done. It means I do not know how to do it. All right? And so they also stayed there. After some time, they got the information, the intelligence. They put that intelligence to work, and the plane, all right, went up, and everybody now accepts as norm, all right, what was once considered impossible. So the people that land on the moon can do that from the earth because they have the information. Don't have the information, you don't understand how it's done. So the results of this type of prayer is that information, I'm in the church, we are missing 80, 90% of this because we are thinking power. That is, what God should do is to just bless us with manifestation. But he says, I, and I'll show you in scripture, I will give you intelligence. I will give you information. All right? So we see in Psalm 18 and verse 34, he says this. There's the results of believing prayer here. Psalm 18 and verse 34. It says, he teacheth my hands to walk. He teacheth. That's God teaches. So he gives information. My hand. So that hand you are using to do something has been taught. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel, which is something that is impossible, all right, is broken by my arms because I've been taught. So you are taught on how to do something. So when you set your hand on it, impossible things are happening. I'm not wondering how do you get this done, all right? So it wasn't magic at all. When Isaac was in that land and he sowed in that land and he brought forth, that, that's not a given scripture, that's, that's work scripture. And he brought forth a hundredfold. It wasn't that he was giving people things. He went to farm. Do you understand what we're saying here? Because we'll take that and say, Isaac, so go and sow. All right? That's not what, that, there are scriptures for sowing, but that's not a scripture for sowing. That is, Isaac worked when there was farming and he brought forth hundredfold because he was taught by God how to do it. Uh, if I'm saying it, so you are taught by God, which means the result of it is you are taught. All right, next scripture here. Let's look at this here. Um, um, uh, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 22. Daniel 9 and verse 22. It says, Now this was the result of his prayers. Let's go to verse 20. Let's start from verse 20. It says, While I was speaking, now results of believing prayer. While I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, upon the holy mountain of my God, verse 21, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, which is the evening sacrifice. So the angel came while that sacrifice was being offered up. We've talked about incense here. Do you get what I'm saying here? That's where you get the angelic operations. Now, look at what it says here. And he did what? Informed me. So, the result was information. And talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come to give thee what? Skill and understanding. So, the angel gave him skill. So, we are saying that people that come out of that spiritual house have information they are highly skilled people. Do you get what I'm saying? Here? Highly informed people. Highly skilled. I mean, I went to speak somewhere and somebody was telling me yesterday, said the best workers we have in our organization are members of your church. She said it can only be one or two things. It's either what you are teaching is drawing the best people in the marketplace 
Or they are drawn there and they are taught right. But whichever way, <laughs> you are doing something right. All right? Said all of them. Said, and said, we were just finding out. Said, but what we know is that some of them have been there for 12 years, 15 years in your church. All right? So it's, that is the mindset. The mindset is not to do shoddy work and say, God will bless me. That, that thing is not the gospel. Next month, I'm going to preach on health and finances. And I want to show, because I heard a preacher say, absolute rubbish. He said, he said, it's not through your job that God will meet your need. Nonsense. He said, there's nowhere that God said through the work of your hands. Paul said, Paul with his mouth, said, you have seen how these hands have ministered to my necessity. All right? Now, what does God bless? He blesses the work of your hands so that you lend unto nations, which means that you become productive. It's not that you work. Now, what the person was teaching was that you work, whichever way the work is, is the work, but God will bless you by faith. In other words, your work may not be good. That's what you're essentially telling people, but that God will just send people from the north, south, east, and west to bring food to your house. Oh, boy, you'll wait forever. It is from the word, work of your hands. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why it says, he that will not work, let him not what? Eat. I don't know how you can teach and miss those scriptures. All right? So he informed me and gave me skill and what? Understanding. So you should be the best at the job. Now, let's move on again. Isaiah 28. All right, let's read from the King James Version first. I believe we are reading from verse 24, if I'm right. Isaiah 28. Give ear, hear my voice, hearken and hear my speech. Now, hear what he's saying here. Doth the plowman plow all day to sow? Doth he open and break the clods of his ground? Verse 25. When he hath made plain the face thereof, doth he cast abroad the features and scatter the cumin? Now, we explain in plain English what it is. Cast in the principal wheat and appointed barley, or right, the rye in their place. Verse 26. For his God doth instruct him to discretion and doth teach him. Now, he's talking about the farmer. Verse 27. It says, for fishes are not threshed with a threshing instrument, neither is a cat will turned about upon the cumin, but the fishes are beaten out with a staff and the cumin with a rod. And then it goes on and says, bread corn is bruised because he will never, not ever be threshing it. And then it went on. Verse 29. And then it tells us, all right, this also cometh from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. Now, let's read in the Living Bible, all right? It's clearer in the Living Bible. Listen to me, listen as I plead. Does a farmer always plow and never sow? Is he forever harrowing the soil and never planting it? Next verse. Does he not finally plant his many kinds of grain, each in its own section of its land? Verse. He knows just what to do. For God has made him see and what? Understand. This is a farmer that is going to farm. Which means even productivity, mechanized farming, is God that taught man. Do you understand what we're saying here? Next verse here. He doesn't thresh all grains the same. The sledge is never used on deal, but is beaten with a stick. A threshing wheel is never rolled on cumin, but is beaten softly with a flail. Bread grain is easily crushed, so, so he doesn't keep on pounding it. Next verse. The Lord Almighty is a wonderful teacher and gives the farmer what? Wisdom. Haba. Even in farming, those things are coming from God. Now, you as a Christian, therefore as a farmer, must be the best farmer. Can't you see? 
You have to be, which means it's God himself that teaches you on the job so that you come out. Now, that is the result of prayer. Now, what we are trying to use prayer to do is to be ordinary farmers, but by the favor of God, when the contract for farming comes, the man was the worst, but the angel of God blinded them. Do you understand what I'm saying here? They didn't see all my mistakes. They just took it. That's witchcraft. This one is not Christian. They need to come to meet you to know that you are learned. And they say, these people have known, who taught you this? They came to Jesus. He said, from whence did you get this wisdom that you are doing mighty works? They knew that Jesus was taught. That's why Nicodemus came and said, Rabbi. Rabbi means, okay, you have wisdom. You have been taught by God. You can't do these things. In other words, it wasn't a chance thing again. They knew that Jesus had the understanding of the supernatural. So believe in prayer will get people into that particular place. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.